Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party, and it's driven by Mug and S. Burkhardt, Alton Toyota. My name is Tim McKernan, and that's Jackson Burkett. God, it's like you have a pompadour now. Telling you. Have you. A pompadour. Telling you. Do you notice your hair is thicker? Yes. Do you really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. There's uh, moments, like, someone takes a picture of the back of your head or something from behind or something. You have a lot of those photos? They're few and far between, but the few I've seen... It's much better. You run your hair hand through it. Mm-hmm. Just feels thicker, better. I don't know. I really, I'm, I'm very uh, confident. Like year over year, is that the increase? Year over year? We talking if we were talking on December fourteenth of twenty twenty two, and we had a great balloon party that day. Boy, to December fourteenth, twenty twenty three, you would notice an increase in your density, in your thickness, boy. Yes. Very much so. And yeah, you go year by year. Like I really started feeling the loss right around my senior year of college. And since then, I feel like my hair has uh, improved very much so. And But today it's a pompadour. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good shower this morning. Really got in there, really uh, dug deep with the shampoo and conditioner. Now we're feeling really good. Feeling really good. How often? Oh, boy. That was a, that was a bad guy I was about to ask. And this was not perceived as a shot. I just forgot who I'm broadcasting with. I was going to oh, ask. Oh, it's good. It's passive. <laughs> no, it was a shot. And then you cover it up. I know what I was it was. How ask. often you wash your hair? That's what it was. It's offensive. I did. It's offensive. I, I just, I didn't even think before nah, I started it's offensive. <laughs> it wasn't right. Hand up. It's like, you know, me. like, a col- when did you graduate from college? That's it's the same type of passive aggressive stuff. <laughs> I know it. I've been doing this too long to not recognize passive aggressive. It's essentially a trolling live uh, in the studio here. I really feel bad because I, I didn't. I thought about it as I started saying it, and that's just not right. Uh, as a real ladies' man, I recall going shopping for Rogaine with a girl I truly was interested in in Columbia, Missouri. Mm. And you have to think, you know, whether it be smoking weed, oysters, yeah. chocolate, uh, net worth, yeah. aphrodisiacs, up there would have to be, no, he took me shopping for Rogaine. Yeah, I think that, the Rogaine shopping, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. not only buying Rogaine yourself, but bringing the person along with oh. you, is only second to HD HD2 radio startup. Right. That's number one aphrodisiac. I agree with that. I actually do agree with that. Your thoughts are what? Anytime I grab that microphone. It was given Stalter issues yesterday. Oh, that I right? Saw, yeah. Uh, I understand uh, why well, I played it. We were attacked, well, you were attacked, but I'll act like it was we, uh, by the fast lane. And, uh, and obviously, Radio Wars is something we're passionate about. Uh, and, uh, and so, I guess Radio Wars have been declared on this program by the fast lane, and I've never been angrier. You want the audio real quick? Of course I do. He catches the ball a lot. 
in and around the line of scrimmage and then in that intermediate game. What's his yak? He's got to have good yak. Oh, it's tremendous. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Again, I don't so know what the Marshy, actual number that's is. That's yards but. after catch. For sure. Yeah. Nice job there. Thank you. Yeah. You got it. You got it, Jamie. You know, my guy over well, there's some, some producers that don't know, you know, certain abbreviations. Some like, producers don't know you guys know, like are playing w- sports. PG, for instance. Who doesn't know that? Well, I'm not going to say any names. You but it doesn't just, stand for wins per game. You kind of just brought it up. Rockio. No. No, okay. no. This is Sir Piddles <laughs> for sure. Oh, Jackson. Action Jackson. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's true. Because Rockio, Rockio takes a long... Like, Rock wants to know... If Rock didn't know that, I think he'd cry. Yeah. Uh, By the way, (laughs) Tyreek, so Tyreek Hill. It's a compliment, actually. He is, yeah. Rock is very smart. Um, I didn't say that. He is. He's a smart guy. (laughs) I didn't say that. That Rocky or shrapnel as well. Uh, Sir Piddles. I like that. You've been knighted by Jamie Rivers. It is kind of like, even though, you know, the nickname itself might be not the most complimentary. I've embraced it, which Little is the piddles. best way to do so. Sir Piddles. If you're going to put the sir on top of it, I do I do like that. I do very much appreciate that from Jamie Rivers. I really, I, I really like all those guys. They're really, really cool. They sometimes will take some shots at me, but, you know, I can return it back. All right, I told ahead. Jamie the other day, I was like, man, Jamie, you've been hitting the weights. You're looking good, man. He was like, oh, thanks, Piddles. And I said, I'd still, I'd still run you, but... And what was his response to that? Uh, uproarious laughter. <laughs> so... I don't think I would he, like to turn the corner and watch you two scrapping. Wouldn't go. I'd, I'd never been in a fight in my life, Is which might right? come as a surprise. To some I know. Listeners. I imagine people text in with their surprise. 314-399-9646. And then the YouTube chat is active. Droid FX is in there. Tiny PP's in there. The dude. Ambition about sports. Bishin? B-I-S-H-I-N-A-B-T sports. Yeah, that's Bishin. Yeah. Well, either way, you can go in there and talk it over with them. Now, here is the deal. Uh, Jackson and I are on a program called TMA. Uh, it's a startup celebrating its 20th anniversary. And we have this year-end awards coming your way uh, this evening. We'll be at Hot Shots in Webster Groves. And therefore, we are off tomorrow. So we will not be in tomorrow. So you, knowing that people really plan their weeks around the Friday six-shooter, you're moving up Mm. the six-shooter to Thursday. It's a bold move. That's right. Uh, It's aggressive. But I appreciate it, and uh, I'm looking forward to what you have for today's six-shooter. Why don't we make sure we try to get them all in? Let's see what you got. That's more on me than it is you. It's 10-10 in St. Louis, so I think we can get one in. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, uh, the airlines team sponsor the the cameras on the 101 ESPN YouTube channel. So what do we got here with question number one on what what today will be a Thursday six-shooter since we are off tomorrow for the TMA Awards tonight. And you want to talk about an old money gala. This is it. It's essentially the veiled profit ball of North Afton. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Uh, about 36 hours after the news of Barubi's firing, where do you think people are on Doug Armstrong? Do you think fans... Been- I don't, can, I, can I say something here? Because now we're celebrating our second anniversary of this show. Sure. I feel like the way you read the questions is kind of like, ah, I just got to get through And then I'll get out of the way so the Hall of Famer I work with can talk. No, 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 no. Your time is now. Your time is now. 
vocal inflection, pacing, pacing. You are you're you're trying a case here. I'm the witness. Yeah. So if you were representing your client, how would you ask the question? Just yeah. think that. And it's like a fast break. I was giving you a chest pass, but you want a little more flair. I, you know just, what I want do? you to shine bright like a diamond. At huh. this point, I'm already on the summit of one hour midday shows. And you've been there for quite a while. Two years. About 36 hours after the news of Baruby's firing, where do you think most people... So improved. Thank you. It really is. Yeah, I'm feeling good about myself. Where do you think most people are at on Doug Armstrong? Do you think fans believe in him so much that they have faith that this is the best move for the franchise, or do you think fans are at the point of questioning his leadership? This kind of reminds me of like when I vote on TMZ polls, which in and of itself should be an investigation. Mm. They give you choices that really aren't the choices that I would like, and I don't necessarily... I think people can be disappointed in the move, but not necessarily questioning Doug Armstrong's ability to lead an organization. Mm -hmm. I think there is disappointment with the move. I am not. It's like the Florida State thing. Time has not healed that, even though I have no emotional tie to the Seminoles. I am disappointed in part because I think it sets a precedent for the future with regard to this. I just I because I, I probably Jackson because we happened to be live on the air when we played that press conference, and it was one of the most surprising answers to a question I have heard in press conferences. In which, even though I know we go into press conferences going, oh, I can't wait to hear the answer, we get done with press conferences, and it's like a sexual experience with me. Everybody leaves unfulfilled. Mm. And so when I actually heard Doug Armstrong say something of note back in October where he just blatantly said, he goes, listen, we're not Colorado, we're not Colorado, we're not Dallas. If we can be the third best team in the division, maybe we can get in the playoffs and we'll see what happens. I go, holy crap. I love this. This is great to hear. You're setting fans for realistic expectations as opposed to saying getting Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson and saying now we can win the World Series. And so I, I thought that was refreshing. And then two months later, not even the team's a game under 500 and the roster that was given to Craig Berube is not producing at a real high level. Well, that's what you were told the expectations were. And then he loses his job. I can't I'm not emotionally distraught over it. I just think it's wrong. Now, with that said, I don't think Doug Armstrong has lost his ability to be the leader of this organization or any hockey organization, I just think it's really disappointing. And also, candidly, and I know this sucks because I don't have a specific for you, I think there's more to it. Whether it be something with a player of prominence or it be something with ownership, I don't know. I just, I don't think this is as simple as, eh, they're on a four-game losing streak, we got to do something. I just don't believe that. I just don't believe that. Now, I realize it's it's a real bold stance to take because I'm saying I think there's something that we don't know and I will not provide it for you. But that is what I honestly think. I just don't get it. I suppose the one thing that we have been talking about throughout the course of this season is the Blues either play what would be a B plus or A game or they play a D minus or F game. And there haven't been a whole lot in between. And so if you're looking for consistency, you haven't gotten an Armstrong side of that. But still... I gather if you're just looking for this to be straightforward, if this is really just about we got to make a change and we can't fire the roster, which becomes the cliche when people see a coach get fired, uh, it is we have 
got to try to figure out a way to get our young players, in particular Jordan Cairo, going. And so we got to do something. And if this doesn't work, it's not going to work. And then we're going to have to look at the nuclear option. So that will be my, okay, there is no conspiracy conspiracy theory. Your thoughts on that? 314-399-9646 or talk it over in the YouTube chat. My name is Tim McKernan. That's Jackson Burkett. This program is called Balloon Party and it is sponsored by Munganas Burkhard, Alton Toyota. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you for one hour. The program's called Balloon Party, and it's driven by Munganas Burkhardt, Alton Toyota. We're giving away tickets to Def Leppard and Journey with Cheap Trick on July 6th at Bush Stadium for our text of the day. Text in 314-399-9646 for your chance to win free tickets to the show. And you can also find a bonus chance to register to win tickets to Def Leppard and Journey at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 ESPN mobile app. Tickets go on sale tomorrow. That's Friday, December 15th. Uh, this program, the two of us, are off tomorrow. We have uh, the other show that we do from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. It's called TMA. And uh, our award show tonight, it is a Galitz black tie affair. Yep. And so we are off tomorrow, Jackson. And so we are doing the Friday six-shooter on, on Thursday. I want to see if we can get through all six. What is question two? So I'm going to move off the original question to I have. I'm going to say oh, I'm going to switch. I'm going to do wow. a flop. That way, this is fun. This is like watching Peyton Manning go up to the line of scrimmage and seeing a defense yeah. in, in Omaha. In, uh, yeah, Omaha. This is fun. This is fun to watch a master at work. Here we go. I want to talk about villains in sports. Okay. I'm going to use the NBA and golf as a reference point. Please don't lambast me. Draymond Green Tuesday night was ejected for 180 swinging on Sun Center Yusef Nurkic, adding to his long history of being involved in on-court scuffles, and he was just announced that he will be suspended indefinitely, which I also have takes on, but I will save them. Where, where will people be able to get those takes when you and Rocky will get together? Uh, you'll know, catch me at Hot Shots tonight. Ooh. Just find me and pull me aside, and I'll give you 90 seconds. Patrick Reed, now live golfer, has been one of the best villains in sports with it, uh, accusations on and off the course and interactions that have gone yeah, we, 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 we did so well with our inflection in the first segment. And you see what you're doing? You, see, you don't have to rush it. I mean, we have an hour. I know, I know. And a coveted hour at that. Thank you. Patrick Reed, a now live nice. golfer. Look at you. Look at you. Has been one Spread of the, your wings, you beautiful baby boy. <laughs> has been one of the best villains in sports with accusations and other on and off the course interactions. How important do you think it is for pro sports to have these villain figures in modern times where it seems like athletes on opposing teams have much more mutual respect and a friendly relationship? Do organic villains stand out more and more and it makes them more valuable? I would like you to answer the question so I have a better understanding of what you're trying to get out of me, and then I will attempt to give it to you. So here's my thing. I think in our modern times of social media, there is good and bad, just like with everything. The good part is a lot of athletes get to know each other even before they play in pro sports, whether it be on travel teams, whether it's football, soccer, hockey, basketball, and they build a good rapport, and they build it on social media. The cuts... The other side of that is fans, media, people are quick with the hashtag backlash. And so I feel like villains nowadays in sports are deemed bad people. Draymond Green, for example, being suspended indefinitely, which I think is a true byproduct of social media backlash and not anything else, personally. Now, I'll do real quickly, like the NBA getting pressure? 
yeah. or Draymond Green's behavior on social media. No, no, no. The NBA getting pressure from social media. Okay, that's what all I mean right. By that, and so I think in I think people sometimes lose sight that villains are really important to sports. For every hero, there needs to be a villain, or else it gets kind of boring. And it's got to be organic. And so what I'm saying to you is, do you think that organic villains nowadays are not only harder? to conjure up, but also very important for the entertainment level of sports. I don't, I gotta be honest. I don't, I, I, I don't know if I follow the question and I apologize for that. I don't, but I don't want to start talking. No, I get you. And then have it sound like I'm not answering the question. I get you. And uh, this is a moment of sincerity that I don't follow. I'm and, sorry. And maybe the question isn't as flushed out as I as I wanted it to be, and that's on me. So, so like, ask me in, like, one sentence what you're trying to get at, if you can. Do you think there is still a need for villains in sports, and do you think they are more valuable because they are fewer and far between? And do you think some of the villains are less organic? God, I think... I, I don't. I don't. So you thought there was an era where there were more villains? I guess is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. And what era would that be? Eighties and nineties. And I, I feel like te- like players like really disliked each other on opposing teams. Ah, I feel okay. like people now really I, didn't I, like I, each is other. Is that what you're trying to get at? To an extent, like and, and villain is not eye, be, uh, eye of the beholder. Like if you were a Celtics fan, Magic Johnson was a villain, and if you were a Laker fan, Larry right. Bird was a villain. So maybe more so, the question I'm asking is true organic. Beef, as the kids call Rivalry? it. Rivalry? Yeah. I mean, that's the... Okay, now I get what you're saying better. Like, I love... Like, when people talk about the Cardinals and Cubs, the rivalry, or even Missouri and Kansas, I think part of that is where you live. So if you're in Kansas City, my guess is you feel the Missouri-Kansas thing a hell of a lot more than you do in St. Louis. And if you're in Southern Illinois or Central Illinois, you feel the Cardinals-Cubs thing as like more of a rivalry as opposed to, oh, that's the Cardinals and Cubs, the cute little rivalry. But, you know, most of the time in the history, the Cubs haven't been all that relevant to the races. So I loved in 2003 when Tony La Russa and Dusty Baker, the two managers of the teams at the time, were screaming at each other back and forth. And the Cardinals were thrown at the Cubs and the Cubs were thrown at the Cardinals because then what I felt like as a fan is that they were as invested in it as we were as fans. Uh, I don't know why this is at the forefront of my mind, probably because I recently rewatched the 30 for 30. I remember when I said the title of the 30 for 30, I could tell you were stunned, but it truly was called Catholics versus Convicts on Missouri or not Missouri, Miami, Notre Dame in 1988. And that game already had incredible anticipation in part because Miami had run up the score on Notre Dame the year before in Jerry Faust or two years before in Jerry Faust. He was the coach. And he was mm-hmm. the high school coach. He became Notre Dame's coach. Really odd. Uh, and Jimmy Johnson had done that as coach of Miami. And so that game was targeted as the vengeance game. And then before they even take the field, the two teams start fighting and beating the hell out of each other in the tunnel. And you're like, oh, this is great. Right. Michigan, Ohio State, they've had some fights in the tunnel before they take the field. And you go, this is great. You want this. You want the two teams to hate each other because, you know, as a fan, you are fired up for it. So I personally love when that is going on. The Cardinals and Astros had a gentleman's rivalry uh, in the years of 2004 and 2005. There was mutual respect between the teams. The Red Sox and Yankees at the same time had Pedro Martinez throwing down a 75-year-old Don Zimmer in the ALCS. I personally like one where 
you know, you got that kind of stuff going on. That's what I like. I don't get me wrong. I respect for Jeff Bagwell and Craig Biggio and Lance Berkman, but it didn't have the intensity of the Yankees and Red Sox. So if Missouri was playing Texas Tech in 2007 to become the number one team in college football, it wouldn't have had near the juice that Missouri versus Kansas at Arrowhead Stadium had. So I don't know if I'm answering your question, but that is my mindset on rivalries and villains. Um, You know, and from the St. Louis side, Yadier Molina couldn't be more beloved. But around baseball, and in particular the National League Central, he couldn't be more reviled. Right. And, I like those kinds of guys. And he's a, a, a perfect example of a guy who, to anybody outside of St. Louis, would be deemed a villain. And that's why I just think they're fewer and far between now, and I think they're more valuable than ever to have people like that. And to your point about rivalries, one of my favorite playoff series ever in any sport was 2011 NLCS against the Brewers because there was a long-standing beef that season, whether it had been Nigel Morgan or some of the other things that happened. Well, what I, I, I always look at that as Nigel Morgan, you know? I mean, and don't get me wrong, it, th- th- that whole thing, and that's, I mean, that's perfect because Nigel Morgan of the Brewers was a journeyman yeah. rando who gets on Twitter and starts running his mouth. And then you have Chris Carpenter, who has, I mean, like a zero tolerance for anything. I mean, really, in general, I mean, for real, I don't know. If you talk about a guy with like a no tolerance for crap in the last 23 years of St. Louis sports, I would immediately go to Chris Carpenter. So you have the absolute oil to his vinegar Mm -hmm. on the other team. You know, and, and that's somebody you don't respect his game. You don't respect the way he goes about it. And then he's on Twitter talking crap. I mean, you can imagine how Chris Carpenter felt about that. So it was the perfect foil. You know, it would have been one thing if it were take your pick of whoever was a star in the Brewers at the time, Braun, Fielder, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's it's Niger Morgan. Yeah. You know, and he's talking crap, and then he actually sends out a tweet, and the Cardinals come back and track him down after he had said, looking forward to the baby birds watching us at home during October, and then the Cardinals are the ones who put the bullet in his head. You know, I mean, it was... It's perfect. It was, it was absolutely perfect. Right. But the Cardinals and Brewers as a whole, like there wasn't a... Like you had Dusty Baker and Tony La Russa when it was the Cardinals and Cubs. Right. This is Niger Morgan. You know, I mean, it's, you know... It's like if Luke and Baker all of a sudden got banty on Instagram, yeah, all due right. respect to him, it's just like, okay, what, what is this thing? You right, because even someone like Brandon Phillips was a much more established player. Absolutely. You know, he was a real, really good player yes. at that time. And that, that was more, that, that's a great example. The Cardinals and Reds, that's a great example. That, yeah. is a great, that, was, that was a real thing. Yes. That was a real thing. Which differs from like... And I love that. Yeah. Now, I guess if what you're trying to say is because of social media... Guys become more friendly, and so you don't have, like, the Bob Gibson thing. Yeah. I was watching a clip from Tom Brady. This is not a brand-new interview, but it's probably from earlier this year. And he said he intentionally tried to be complimentary of defensive players when they would be in the backfield and say, what's up, man? You're playing really well. Keep up your great season or something like that. Yeah, Andrew Luck did the same thing. And so he's playing against Indomitian Sue, uh, and Sue gets to him, and says what's up dude man you know stay out of my backfield just like joking with him he goes shut up man i'm not your friend he's like oh boy i better <laughs> i better try a different tactic wrong guy to piss See, off i too. like that i personally like that yeah. you know i hear howard stern when he'll interview the late night hosts now colbert kimmel fallon 
And they're all like, yeah, we're friends. They actually do all do a podcast yeah, together do. now. Yes. Yeah. Like and Seth Myers yep. and uh, John Oliver, they all do a podcast together. He goes, I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, I hated the guys I was competing with in the 1980s and 1990s. Don Imus. I hated those guys because I just can't believe, like Letterman and Leno, they hated each other. He goes, I just don't get how you can be friendly with those guys. And so that thing is certainly different, not just in sports, but in entertainment. I don't think that's because of social media, but maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why it has changed personally. I love, as a sports fan, the idea of like a Chris Carpenter, a Bob Gibson. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd want to hang out with that, right. but I love that. At the same time, I'm certainly more of the, yeah, whatever. I, you know, so you do a show like Frank Cusimano is doing a show, right? Like, I'm not like, ah, Frank, you know, I mean, I just like, you know, like right. Frank helped me out in my career when I was a kid. You know, that doesn't change because I'm quote unquote competing with him. However the hell we're competing, you know. I, I, I just I don't see it through that lens. I also think the technology has changed so that if you want to listen to two different shows, you can always podcast them. Right. Back in the day with those guys, it's like if you didn't have me in, in your car, you weren't going to listen to me that day. If you didn't watch me on television, you couldn't right. go back and DVR or watch it on YouTube. Right. So it was a different era that contributed to it. As far as sports goes, maybe it's because everybody, I mean, even the Poor guys, I just did air quotes for those of you not watching on YouTube, uh, make $750,000 in Major League Baseball. Now, granted, they might only make that for a year, so it's not necessarily lifelong sustainability. And then you take a step back and everybody else is, you know, we're all, we all have eight figures net worth minimum after playing a couple of years in Major League Baseball. If we've gotten a contract, it's tough to get really that worked up to the point that we want to risk the health of somebody else or ourselves by throwing at or sliding in spikes up on somebody. You know what I mean? Right. So I think the money may have changed that as well. Right. And I think someone can be vilified much faster than years prior you know, you can be a villain instantly because a game that, you know, if you're playing hockey and it's a, a very small game, it's not nationally televised, it's only regional, but the clip gets shared everywhere of you maybe making a dirty play. You are an instant villain, whereas in years prior, unless you read about it in the newspaper, you most likely didn't know that somebody on the Senators, you know, made a dirty play. And I think that's part of it. And I also think players are more familiar with each other before they even get to the, to the playing surface. You know, like it used to be, the first time you would meet an opponent was when you met him on the field or ice or court. Nowadays, you can send a DM to someone saying, hey, great season, man. That was great. Can't wait to compete with you in the future. And you already have a rapport built. So I think that's part of it, too. Uh, your thoughts are welcome. Uh, 314-399-9646. We'll be giving away a text of the day to win the uh, Def Leppard and Journey tickets. Coming up at the end of the program, BK and Ferrario at the top of the hour. Blues and Senators. Pre-game 6 p.m. The Drew Bannister era is underway. Jackson, I'll say it. I don't care. Hey, hey, come and arrest me. Terminate me. Whatever, it's fine. I have a wager on the Blues tonight. Mm. I have a wager on the Blues tonight. It's simply the new coach bounce bet. Yeah, yeah, I like Do that. Do with it what you want. So if and when the Blues lose, feel free. You can DM me, Timothy Michael McKernan on Instagram. Not really active on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, T McKernan on the Twitter tweets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and say, ha ha, you lost. It'll be great. Yeah. Honestly, it'll be the award ceremony tonight. I'll probably be intoxicated. Full transparency. I'm gambling and I'm drinking. And that is who I am. I am a godless pervert. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. On 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. That's Action Jackson. He goes by Jackson Burkett, but his birth certificate because it's Action Jackson. It's true. It's changing to Sir Piddles, though you've been knighted by Jamie Rivers. That's like, obviously I wasn't born in England, so I can't really be OBE. Yeah, you let everybody know you're from Ladue. Yeah, I can't be OBE, but that would be like, what a career achievement that would be. To be knighted. Just every time someone calls you, they got to call you Sir, like right. Sir Ben Kingsley. Like, I just think that it's, it just rolls right off the tongue. Or Dame Judy Dench. Nice. Uh, you can uh, get involved with this YouTube chat. It's uh, 156 people are in there talking it over. The Dude, Eric Bishop, Mr. Smith, and Jimmy Barry. Old Jimmy Barry's in there, along with Bishop About Sports. So they're talking it over, and it's probably because there's buzz about this Friday six-shooter being on a Thursday. What? Question what? three? Yeah. Mizzou's 2024 schedule is out, and Tiger fans are fired up. What do you make of the new-look SEC schedule? What game, maybe after Alabama, would you most want to go to? Well, I booked a home in Columbia for November 9th, 2024, for Missouri against Boomer Sooner. Hell yeah. I mean, if we're going to be honest about it, and of course that's what we're going to be. Because we are honesty and media. Thank you. The Missouri home schedule in 2024. eh. Outside Oklahoma, it's... Pretty bear. It's Murray State on August 31st. Sup, ja? Buffalo, Sup, ja? Buffalo, Turner Gale buzz from 20 years ago. Uh, then it's Boston College, Doug Flutie, mm. and then Vanderbilt. So Missouri really should be 4-0 going to October because the date that I thought they were going to be in Tuscaloosa and actually booked a home in Tuscaloosa, so I was so certain of it. September 21st will be Vanderbilt, then a bye week, and then they head to College Station. Then, naturally, they head to Amherst, Massachusetts to play in a high school football stadium against the <laughs> Minutemen. Jeez. Jim Sterk scheduling, the gift that keeps on giving. Yes. That's on October 12th. So the worst case scenario halfway through the college football season of 2024 is 5-1. It kind of has to be. Yeah. It would be pretty shocking if it wasn't. Right. But at the same time, anytime you start doing these predictions, and you can even look back on how you would have viewed 2023, like I was, we both were, yeah. taking the over on Missouri's win total. But if you would have said over under nine and a half wins, I wouldn't have been taking the over. I suppose I could have seen it as being possible, but I wouldn't have been like, oh, I'm betting that. Right. Um, but I loved over six and a half. But the same thing, you don't know how teams are going to be. You don't know how injuries are going to play out. I mean, even this year, if somebody would have said, hey, Alabama's going to be in the college football playoff after they left South Florida fighting for their lives, 
people would have given you 20 to 1 odds on that because they already had a loss to Texas and they were fighting for their lives against South Florida. A guy who finished in the top 10 in the Heisman had been benched that game, Jalen Milrow. So these things change very quickly. But after you, you take on UMass, uh, the first of a home at home with UMass, you'll get to see the Minutemen in Columbia in 2025. <laughs> Uh, Missouri hosts Auburn. Then they go to Tuscaloosa. Mm -hmm. So then I go on and I book a house in Tuscaloosa for the 26th of October. I book it. Beautiful home. 10-person trip. Oh, nice. Very nice. With women, unlike your trip to the Smoky Mountains. That's a a miss. No pun intended. And uh, the guy who owns the house on the Airbnb goes, oh, I'm taking it off the market now. Like, what are we doing here? What? I know. Like, I'm so excited. My confusion. So you put down the deposit. You put in a request to book, and it, then got they... It, got it, got it, got it. You know. Yeah. But usually, when someone who's putting down the market, someone puts a request, and it's like, oh, great. Yeah, I'm in. I've, here's my money. Yeah. So... Uh, now I got to find a place in Tuscaloosa. If we're going to go to that. I have not been to Bryant Denny Stadium. I'm going to start making some of these SEC For trips. Sure, uh, and I doubt I, Missouri goes back to Tuscaloosa with Nick Saban still on the sidelines again. Yep, yep good call. So with that said, they have a bye week following that. Then they host Oklahoma. Then they go to Columbia, South Carolina to take on the Gamecocks, and then to Starkville. And we're going to pass on that trip, and then host uh, Woo Pig Suey. Mm-hmm for uh, the wrap-up of the regular season. So if you were to view it through the lens of what these teams are in 2023, you'd go, oh my God, Missouri could really be 11-1. and But that is, how will Missouri be? How will these teams be? Inevitably, there will be surprises, and that's just the nature of the sport. I will tell you this, as far as that schedule goes, because the non-conference is so likely anyway, weak, unless mm-hmm. Boston College does go Doug Flutie 1984, Missouri better have a really good SEC performance yeah. if they want to be one of the uh, 11 non-group of five teams that get into the college football playoff. Yeah, one thing that gives me a touch of angst is that the first road game for Missouri, because we've talked about now that rosters change over time and brands are usually associated. One thing that doesn't change is atmosphere and the 12th man at Kyle Field at uh, College Station is a brutal atmosphere to go play in. And for that to be your first road game of the season, a little bit of fear. Just a touch, just a touch of fear. I don't know what Texas a and is going to look like next year. Obviously, new coach, Mike Elko. First road game this year was Kentucky. Am I right on that? Um, I guess Vander, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, yeah. And and I guess before that, unless the you consider Memphis. held up by cranes, yeah, which just conveys SEC. You want to talk about UMass's stadium? <laughs> what they got going on? For in Nashville. Real, look, go Google image UMass's stadium, and you'll be like, oh yeah, that's where Kirkwood plays. Yeah. No, that's where the, the Minutemen play. It's for real brutal. Like that's crazy to me. But now, the 2025 non-conference includes Kansas and Illinois. Super awesome. Now, UMass is also on it. And UMass is playing Georgia and Mississippi State next year, so there might be a little buzz about them joining the conference. Mm-hmm. What a great addition it would be. I think so. But, uh, yeah, that that was one. I know Missouri was trying to get out of it, and then UMass was able to find another opponent. Missouri, it, it became a whole thing. And then the buyout, because UMass already had another opponent, got higher. UMass was like, oh, my God, we have an SEC team coming here. And it became a whole thing. So I think at this point the buyout's too high, and Missouri's going to go, okay, we're just going to go there and play it. Yeah, and I, deal with it. I think UMass. Uh, oh, you know, you're going to spin here. Well, dude, the UMass coming to the SEC is is the Brian Kelly special. 
guy from Boston and then acts Absolutely. like he's Southern and pretends he's never been in the cold before. That's correct. That's yeah. right. So yeah, the one thing that I guess makes me a little nervous is Texas A&M being the first road game. However, I love that this is one of the years where college football has two bye weeks because lingering injuries sometimes can be mitigated when you have that second bye week. Uh, I like that. I, I know it's not ideal because you're two weeks out of the year, you're not going to get Missouri football, but... It is what it is, and I like that. All right, there it is. The college football schedules are out for the SEC. They had a whole show on it last night. All right, final segment coming your way, and then BK and Ferrario at the top of the hour. My name is Tim McKernan. That is Jackson Burkett. This is Balloon Party. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Final segment of Balloon Party for this week. Tim McCurney, Jackson Burkett with you. Uh, we got the TMA Awards tonight. Hot Shots, Webster Groves. Come out and experience it if you're not familiar with the program. Uh, it's The best way I can describe it is like the men's card room at uh, Log Cabin. Jackson, how many questions have we gotten through? Three or four. Three, I think. Gosh, I really thought I could do all six. But to be honest, Tim, if I'm doing my job at its peak performance, we don't get through the six-shooter. I know. All right, what do we got? This one I'm really interested in your opinion on. Awful Announcing released their 10 biggest sports business stories of the year 2023. Bailey's has to be there. Live PGA has to be there. What's your question? I'm sorry, I just started going. It's all good. Some of those include PGA and Live announcing a deal together, the Pac-12 folding up, Leo yeah. Messi coming to America, and Bally Sports bankruptcy, just to name a few. Looking at some of these stories, which stands out to you as the most significant right now, and which one do you think will be the most impactful five to ten years down the road? Um, Bailey's and Bailey's. Uh, both. Both, yeah. both here on Bailey's. And my reasoning is it's going to change the game on the field. It's going to change the game for fans away from the field with the way in which they uh, watch baseball. The blackouts will be gone soon, and the ability to watch baseball. And just, I mean, I know a lot of you can relate to this. Oh, I want to watch the Blues Blues and Senators tonight. I already have my wager in. I guess we'll be at the year-end awards, so it'll be on. I don't want to worry about it if I were at home. I'm like, okay, I'm watching YouTube TV. Let me close out the app. Let me click on Bailey's. Maybe I have to enter my credentials again. Maybe it's working. Maybe it's not. Now I've got the Blues game, and it's a process. And I know you go, oh, that's so first world. And I agree with you, it is. But if you're used to it, and you're going, yeah, I want to see what the Blues are doing, you go, nah, I guess I'm not going to bother with it just because I got to... It just... it In 2023, things have somehow gotten more complex with watching television as opposed to more simplified. So you have that. You have the blackout. You also have the business side of it that if a team is used to, let's say, collecting $60 million in television revenue from a baseball standpoint, how much will they be collecting in five to 10 years as you ask that question in 2023 dollars? So adjusted for inflation, what would that look like in 2033 for the Cardinal revenue share if this is going to change materially with the regional cables deals going away that is why the live and pga thing live is only in existence because of saudi arabia's endless uh piff um but i do not believe that people are going man i'm you know now that i've tuned in to live i'm one of the 139,000 people in the united states watching the cw i really like this product 
So I just don't think that's it's it's forcing the PGA Tour to do business differently. But I don't think that impacts as many people as what is going on with regional sports networks because that goes beyond baseball. The Pac-12 folding up shop. I would imagine there'll be even more changes to come in college sports, specifically college football. What else did we have in the list there, Jackson? Uh, Leo Messi coming to America. Yeah, that's a substantial thing. Yeah, that's a substantial thing. Especially if it sets a a precedent. A substantial thing in the present and in the future is what I meant to say, as opposed to just the very vague, that's a substantial thing. Yeah. You can have an intern come in here and do that. Well, you got one sitting right across the desk from you. Well, just kidding. Wonderful full, intern. Full-time salary, oh, baby. Just, dunk, just dunking on the audience. Yeah. That, no, I think, you know, we always ask, you know, what's going to grow soccer in America? And the World Cup being here and Leo Messi and another European stars coming here is the only answer. That's that's the answer is you bring the greatest soccer in the world onto American soil. That's how it happens. So that one I'm more interested to see because Leo Messi's the domino falling. I'd be curious if the rest of the dominoes fall with that. Uh, for reference... PJ and Liv was ranked tenth, and uh, the Bally's bankruptcy was ranked second. So, what was ranked first, baby? What was ranked first? The shuffle of uh, ESPN, which I personally disagree with that being the biggest. I don't choice. understand. What does that mean? Like the layoffs that happened, and then the way that they're yeah, and the way that they're reorganizing things and that whole. That really surprises uh, me. It, I mean, it there were some really major sports business stories. Yeah, and I'm not dismissing layoffs but i just don't understand i that's got to be more about the, is it the potential restructuring in the sale the sale is a big part of that yeah, that's yeah. got to be what it and is but still even with that i just think how many people really are concerned with it that's kind of where i'm at but maybe we're looking through a vacuum because we aren't watching besides dan orlovsky our take smith laureate of the year sure of course um Outside of that, but I guess to some, like we talked about Pat McAfee the other day. I can't imagine if we listed the 10 stories, if one person of the few hundred who would text in would say that's the biggest story. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, the Bally's thing to me I I, I, I guess I'll have to read that article to see if I'm missing something on it because I don't get it. What was three? Uh, The rise of women's sports. Rise of women's sports with Caitlin Clark and uh, the Angel Reese NCAA tournament game being so well viewed that uh, was third on Awful's announcing list. I cannot remember what was I thought this was sports business stories. It is. I don't understand how that's sports business. I guess because of the viewership and uh, a more demand for women's sports. Oh, was there a significant increase in viewership? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the Kalen Clark versus Angel Reese LSU-Iowa championship was, and even the final four before that was really, really well viewed. But they still got weird time slots. They got Sunday afternoon. That, well, it's uh, in between the final four and the championship Sunday, right? Or yeah. Championship Monday. I right, apologize. right, right, right. Good call on that. Um, and then this last one I have at 1057. It might not be best for a Mount Rushmore. Oh, you're asking for a Mount Rushmore. I know. With three minutes left to go, it's tough. But I'm going to do it anyway. One year ago, Tuesday, we lost the great Mike Leach. Easily the best soundbite in football for my money and from all accounts, an incredible human being. If you had to make a Mount Rushmore of coaches you would like to have a beer or dinner with, who would be on that list? <sighs> Who's yours by time? I can go one at a time because I really got to think about this. Even though I'm asking a question, it's yeah. like, you, shouldn't you have something for that? Right. I'm not good. Yeah. I am right. bad at my job. And we also have to give away text of the day. Um, certainly on that list would be Mike Leach. Uh, dead or alive. We'll go dead or alive on this. Certainly on that list would be Mike Leach. Pat Riley is on that list for me. Um, another obscure basketball one, but I'm going to say it anyway. Tex Winter would be on that list. I'd love to pick his brain about the triangle offense. And then wrapping up that list, oh, Mike McDaniel, 100%. I would love Daniel. to. Yeah, Mike McDaniel. That would be awesome. Uh, you'll have to wait for mine until next week because we are giving away a text of the day and the Def Leppard and Journey tickets. Sir Piddles, 
Your villain segment was questionable at best, and we're all dumber for hearing it. Agree with that. Take tomorrow off, be better, and come back Monday with some fire. That was inspiring. I kind of was like Herb Brooks. I'm inspired. Uh, there it is. Congratulations. You are going to see Def Leppard and Journey and Cheap Trick on July 6th. You can also find a bonus chance to register to win tickets to Def Leppard and Journey at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 mobile app. Don't forget, tickets go on sale for this concert at Bush Stadium on July 6th next year. Tomorrow. That's December 15th. BK and Ferrario are up next for Jackson Burkett. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganas Burkhardt, Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and the 101 ESPN YouTube channel. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.